ಓಂ ಜ್ಞಾನಚಿರಂಧ್ಯಾನಂಜನ ಶ್ಲಾಕಯ ಚಕ್ಷುರ್ಮಿಲಿತಂಗೇನಸ್ಮೈಶ್ರೀಗುರುವೇನಿಮಹಾಡೇಸ್ಪೆಸಿಫಿಕ್ಸಿಬಲ
uh, expressing her innermost feelings to Krishna. So all the festivals, they are feelings festivals. For instance, when we celebrate uh, Govardhan Puja, we're not so much celebrating that Krishna has lifted a hill as we're celebrating how Krishna is uh, exchanging wonderful feelings with his devotees. And we celebrate Janmashtami not exactly like something like uh, Lenin's birthday. <laughs> People in this material world, they celebrate the appearance of a great person. So from the material point of view, especially from the vantage point of Russian history, Lenin was a great person. So we also celebrate the appearance of Krishna, who is, not was, but is a great person. But devotees of Krishna, they don't celebrate his appearance so much because of his majesty and power, but because of his sweetness. Krishna appears in this world from time to time to nourish the deserts, the parched deserts of our hearts which are dry from lack of love for Him. So, in the same way this Vyasa Puja, and actually even more so Prabhupada's disappearance day is a feelings festival, we are required to celebrate this. It is not, it is not at all befitting a, a disciple or a grand disciple of Srila Prabhupada not to celebrate this. However, it is not simply any formality that we have to celebrate it. Festival means there should be some arrangement, fruits, flowers, decorations. But actually we are offering our feelings of gratitude to Srila Prabhupada for having appeared in this world. The, uh, we can state it, it's, it's easy to state in words, but what it means, we cannot describe in millions of lifetimes that Prabhupada came and he saved us. How bad was our material situation? That we also can't describe in millions of lifetimes. And how wonderful is the Krishna conscious, the eternal gift that he has given us? That also we cannot describe in millions of lifetimes. So that is the fact. Prabhupada saved us and we are totally grateful to him. That wasn't, uh, it, it wasn't just a, a mechanical method by which Prabhupada saved us. Devotees, when they remember Prabhupada, they, there's so many different features of Prabhupada's personality that they remember. Is that a mango? No, it's a grapefruit. Yeah. It's a grapefruit, isn't it? It's not a mango. Prabhupada likes mangoes. Surely he likes grapefruits too. He especially likes mangoes. So what was I saying? That, uh, where was it? I got lost. Got lost in grapefruit cacao. Yeah, devotees, they, they, uh, there are so many different features of Prabhupada's personality. And when we hear devotees recall the different ways in which he dealt with them, then we'll hear about Prabhupada's strictness, his humor, his unpredictability. 
Shamasundra Prabhu was saying that it was always an adventure to go into see Prabhupada because you never know what you would say or do next. It was quite unpredictable. And Prabhupada even had a, it was like he had a a knack or an ability to, but if people were expecting him to do something, he'd always do something different. Or say something. He would always do or say something different to what they, they were expecting him to say. So there are so many wonderful anecdotes that the Lord recalled and memories of Srila Prabhupada. And one of the services that I have appointed to myself is to harass my God brothers and sisters. I mean, I do that anyway, but I'm, it's, I kind of focused it to a useful purpose. And that uh, asking them, begging them, harassing them, that you have to recall it. Whatever memories you have of Prabhupada before you pass away from this body. Now, why should that be? Because everything that Srila Prabhupada said and did is very important. It's very important. You see, there are different meetings. This sometimes Mr. Putin will meet with Mr. Bush and they'll discuss very important topics. But actually, it's not very important. But everything Srila Prabhupada said, especially what he said, everything he did, is very important because he is the Acharya. Now, there are many gurus. Another word for guru is Acharya. Guru Tattva is a very deep subject. And by Prabhupada's creation and by his desire, as Prabhupada himself said, that in this moment there should be thousands of our chariots. Once Srila Prabhupada was speaking on the appearance day of Advaita Acharya. In that lecture Prabhupada said that now in our movement there are about 10,000 devotees, so there should be no shortage of Acharyas in future. You all become Acharyas. He said, you all make, you all 10,000, you all make 10,000 disciples also. So the position of Guru, it is not an ordinary position. Guru is uh, to be respected as God or as God himself states, even more so. So Srila Prabhupada appeared in this world and he was a Guru. And in the disciples' life, the Guru is in one sense even more important than God. How this is so is much misrepresented and misunderstood by Mayavadis. But anyway, it's a fact not to be taken out of perspective, but it's a fact in Vaishnava culture. So there are many Gurus. Actually, there, there have been and there will be many Gurus. If we have the list of prominent Gurus in our Parampara, but actually in the glory of Vaishnava Sampadana, there have been many, many gurus, just like we'll find in this uh, book of Rasikananda, that there are mention of so many disciples of Rasikananda, and someone will be mentioned that he had thousands of disciples, and that's the only mention of him, or the only knowledge of him left in history. So there have been thousands of gurus, there should be many thousands of gurus, Prabhupada said there should be a guru in every neighborhood. Uh, that there have been many and that will be and that there will be many doesn't diminish the position of guru. Nevertheless, we should understand that even among gurus 
Prabhupada's position is even more important than Prabhupada's. One of the words, the language is insufficient to express. Prabhupada himself always stressed that his position as the founder Acharya of the International Society for Krishna Consciousness always remained uh, prominent. Prabhupada instructed that on all his books his name should be given in full. His divine virtue is Prabhupada with the adjoining adjoinder founder Acharya of the International Societies for Krishna Consciousness. And Prabhupada insisted that whenever the sign is there, sign about this gone, that in the same way his name should be there in any letterhead. So although Prabhupada in many ways he was very simple, pure, simple, the simplicity of purity, at the same time he himself recognized that he is the founder Acharya of the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. Prabhupada, he wanted that all the Vedic literatures, especially the Vaishnava literatures, be translated. And he also wanted that his disciples write books about Krishna Consciousness. His disciples means the future generations. But he also said that my books will be the law books for the next 10,000 years. And actually, even though there are many books of Krishna Consciousness available now, um, if we only, even if there weren't any other books, if we were only to read Srila Prabhupada's books, that in itself would be sufficient to become fully Krishna conscious, to fully understand the philosophy of Krishna conscious and to go back to home like Radha. The Srila Prabhupada's position, what does this mean, founder Acharya? Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is uh, Sankirtan Pravartak. He is the founder of the Sankirtan movement. But its present manifestation all over the world, according to the desire of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, has been established by Srila Prabhupada. Now, as I was saying, in the festival there should be like some decorations, fruits and flowers. But Srila Prabhupada in, uh, in writing a poem on the occasion of his own spiritual master's Vyasa Puja, commented that the worship of the Guru is not complete simply by arrangements of fruits and flowers. One actually has to follow the instructions of the Guru, that is the more important worship of the Guru. We know that Srila Prabhupada taught us that Guru is present in two forms. Bapu means personal presence, bodily form, including the deity of Srila Prabhupada, that is Bapu. And Vani means his instruction. So Srila Prabhupada always emphasized that Vani or instruction is more important than Bapu or the bodily presence. This is not difficult to understand. Some may say, well, I wish I could have seen Srila Prabhupada or been with him. So that was certainly very wonderful to I mean I I saw Prabhupada with these eyes, these eyes and useless globules of chemicals that were associated with And many thousands of people all over the world saw Srila Prabhupada and personally heard him speak. So they were all very fortunate, isn't that? 
But uh, all of you are much more fortunate than most of those who saw and heard Prabhupada. Because out of the many thousands of people who personally saw and heard Prabhupada, not many took up his instructions very seriously. But you have done so. So taking the instruction is more important than seeing the form. And really association with Srila Prabhupada means to follow his instructions. Prabhupada worked so hard to put his instructions in his books. And he also took so much time to train his disciples, especially those who were very close to him. Because Prabhupada was very conscious that he was establishing the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. And the basis of that establishment was Srila Prabhupada's instructions. Prabhupada did so many things. He was Acharya in every sense, in every possible, imaginable sense of the term. Prabhupada also established so many temples all over the world. But he also used to quote what his own Guru Maharaj had told him. Prabhupada didn't have much personal association with his own Guru. He told I only spoke with him about a dozen times. But the most, what Prabhupada took as the most, in, or the guiding instruction of his life, was one instruction that his Guru Maharaj gave him when he was at Radhakund. And it's very interesting in these days, in the, in the Krishna consciousness in the 21st century, there's a lot of talk or emphasis on Radharani and Raganova Bhakti, even among very neophyte devotees. So, it must have been when? 1935, I can't remember exactly which year. Um, Abhai Das was walking with Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasar Thakur Srila Prabhupada at Radha Kund. Now at that time, Abhai Charanaravinda Das Adhikari was a known figure among the disciples of Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasar but he wasn't considered, and from the external point of view, he actually wasn't a very important member of the institution. But as was later to be revealed by that Abhai Charanaravinda Das's activities, uh, his meeting with his Guru Maharaj was actually a meeting of the two greatest, uh, most powerful and most influential Acharyas in practically since the time of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And they were meeting where? On the banks of Radha the two greatest devotees of the modern age. So you can imagine what they might discuss. These two very great devotees come from the spiritual world. You might have thought that they would have discussed about Radharani's intimate pastimes with Krishna. But actually, Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur told his disciple, uh, he, he gave him some relevant instruction for preaching Krishna consciousness. No one else understood, but Saraswati Thakur always understood that this disciple, he is Muhammad. Once uh, in Bombay, Abhai Charanaravinda Das, in his household life, he was assisting the sannyasis of the Goryamak to establish a preaching center. So one of uh, 
Abhai Charanara in the dances, prominent god brothers, Goswami Maharaj as he was called, he, uh, Bhakti Saranga Goswami, he suggested to Saraswati Thakur that this Abhai Babu, he is a very uh, dynamic and intelligent devotee, why don't we make him the president of our Bombay Center? Saraswati Thakur said no. No need. He will do. He said, you don't have to appoint him. He will do. He will do everything himself in due course of time. So, back to Rathakum. Uh, Sarsar Thakum gave some instruction to his special disciple, who appeared to be another one of many thousands of household disciples. He was saying that now we have a very beautiful temple in Calcutta. But he was disappointed by, uh, because his, some of his leading disciples were disagreeing with each other. So he said that I think it would be better if we dismantled the temple, of course he was speaking figuratively, and uh, sold all this marble and from the money we could print books. And he told that if you ever get money, print books. So Prabhupada made him Abhai Chan, Abhai Babu, Abhai Dabu. He became the world Acharya and he printed books. And he also established many temples. He did so many previously unimagined things for spreading Krishna consciousness all over the world that no one previous to this could have imagined. Actually, at first, almost all of Prabhupada's god brothers were criticizing him. They couldn't imagine that, that because he was unconventional and it appeared that he was doing he was doing something different to what his guru had done. In a sense, it was there were many things different. Especially the criticism used to come. Why is he allowing women to live in the mud? In India, this would be considered absolutely scandalous. How can you have sadhus living in a mud with women? Actually, that's why Bhakti Sarasar Tagore founded these maps in the first place. Vaishnavism in Bengal had such a bad name. There were uh, there were many akras. I don't know exactly what to call that. Some kind of Vaishnav, something like a monastery. And uh, many in, in these akras, the, the Babajis would be living. They were called Boiragis or Bairagis. And uh, mostly they used to live with Vaishnavis. Vaishnavi meant uh, some woman who was unchaste and she was thrown out of home or a young widow or whatever. Yeah. They would go and live with me. They would go and practice bhajan. Sorry, bhajan. So, we didn't get the sentence. Anyway. Bhajan means what kind of bhajan is it? Babaji is living with young women or young or not so young or whatever. So Vaishnavism in Bengal uh, among respectable people had a very bad name. And the Vaishnavs, you see, they're all the castes and then there were the, the sub-castes who were even lower than Shudras. And the Vaishnavs were even lower than them. Vaishnavism had such a bad name. So Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasar Thakur founded his marks in which the brahmacharis and sannyasis and renounced prihastas for also Renounced prihasta means really renounced. <laughs> they, they, practically they didn't have any contact with their family. So Bhaktisiddhanta Sosar Thakur re-established Vaishnavism on the basis of the 
one of the important pillars of his doing so was the good moral character of himself and his disciples. However, as Sarsar Thakur pointed out, that even though he was a good moral character, when he met his own Gurudev, Gorki Shodash Babaji Maharaj, he ignored his good moral character as being unimportant. Now actually, good moral character is important, but it is not uh, it is not the essence of Krishna consciousness. Because Prabhupada, we see Bhaktivedanta Swami Shiva Prabhupada, understood what he was in contact with the essence of Krishna consciousness. Therefore, he was able to spread Krishna consciousness all over the world. For instance, this point of having young men and women living together in the temples, this appeared to go against the very spirit and nature of the movement that his own Guru Maharaj had started. But actually it didn't, because in a different social condition, by his doing, by his making this arrangement under his, under his strict guidance, Prabhupada was able to nourish Krishna consciousness. To always remember Krishna and never forget him is the uh, this is the essence of all rules and regulations and all other rules and regulations follow behind that as their servant. Because Srila Prabhupada was in touch with the mercy potency of Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that he had received from his own guru, he was able to find out what was required to spread Krishna consciousness all over the world. Srila Prabhupada once told a story that when Christopher Columbus came back after so-called discovery in America, when he returned to Portugal, then many uh, of his contemporary sailors and explorers, they were criticizing him. And the king and queen were favoring Columbus, but all these other sailors said, well, he didn't do anything special, anyone could have done that. Christopher Columbus came into the court one day with all the different sailors and who were criticizing, they were all present. And he brought one hen's egg. And he asked all the people present, can any of you stand this up vertically? See if you can do it. So they tried, and they put it very carefully in the spot. But however carefully they tried, it would always fall on the So when they all tried, they said, it's impossible. So Columbus said, I'll show you how to do it. He took it and he went, just tapped it lightly on the table so that it broke. A little bit cracked at the bottom and stood it up. And it stood very easily. I said, well, that's easy. Anyone could have done that. <laughs> he said, well, just one minute ago you were saying it was impossible. <laughs> but now I've shown you how to do it. Now you know. That's now it good. you can do it also. So actually, uh, the same thing. Before Prabhupada went to the West, everyone told him, impossible. I'm going to go and preach in the Western countries and make, uh, let me see, see if we can make the Americans devotees. Impossible! We can't even make the Indians devotees. What to speak of making the Americans devotees? You find that there were so many mutts, uh, but there's no one in them. Temples are all dead. Actually, uh, many people were saying Hinduism is a dying religion. Not only, uh, 
not only was Gorya Vaishnavism after the departure of Bhakti Siddhanta in a in very uh, in a very bad situation, but Hinduism in general was it was it, 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 people they were losing interest. Now if you go to India you'll find so many temples are being built and so many religious functions. But previous to Prabhupada's going to the West there were apparently no one was building temples except the Beelers who did it as as a tax adjustment. They saved tax by doing so. It's a complicated. Actually, when Prabhupada was wanting to establish temples in the West, many people said, you can't do that. It's wrong. He said, it's very offensive to make temples in the countries of the Nletchers. And, and how can you have these uh, these Nletchers? Worship deities. Many people used to say when you were in India in the 1970s that you cannot actually be Hindus. You have to be born a Hindu. This Bhaktivedanta Swami is spoiling Hinduism. Many people used to say, you see, if all these uh, impure people they become Hindus, then uh, all our traditions will be spoiled. Of course, philosophically we understand that they're not Hindus, although culturally it could be said that they are. But Prabhupada knew what he was doing because Krishna told him what to do. And even though uh, everyone criticized him, he knew what he had to do to spread Krishna consciousness all over the world. And now those very people who used to criticize him are now doing the same thing. They're also establishing temples and initiating devotees from the West and so many things. So actually the point I wanted to emphasize was that if we really want to worship Prabhupada, I have to do so by following his instruction. I don't have much time. I think I have to finish. When do I have to finish? So 12 o'clock, I think. I have to finish at 12? Or? 12. No, it's quarter to 12. I don't have much time, so... Now, um, one thing we should not do is to relativize, to try to relativize Srila Prabhupada. Some devotees think that, well, you see this uh, Bhaktivedanta Swami, he was a good preacher. He was a businessman previously, so he got a lot of experience in how to deal with worldly matters. So as a, because of that, he was able to spread Krishna consciousness all over the world. He knew how to do tricks and all this kind of thing, how to manipulate people with business tricks. But actually, according to some, there were many other devotees who were just as good or more advanced or more saintly, and they had more realization. It may be that uh, many devotees are very expert in speaking Rasa Kata and so many elevated topics. However, we know that to, as Bhaktivinoda Thakur said, to convert even one Mitita into a Vaishnava is the work of a highly empowered devotee. How is it possible to do that? Before Prabhupada left for the West, everyone said impossible. Because it is, in, it is impossible. <laughs> By any material means it is impossible. It is only possible to do so if one's heart is filled with so much compassion for that fallen living being that he can reach, that a pure devotee can reach through all the envy and ignorance and contact the pure de- and contact the devotional feelings of the soul within that 
bottom lecture. Ultimately, there is no material formula for spreading Krishna consciousness. Prabhupada touched the he, he made heart to heart content with so many people, and is still doing so because his heart was filled with extreme compassion for the suffering condition of all living beings. This is what motivated him. Because he had so much kindness and feeling for everyone, therefore Krishna empowered him to reach to the hearts of everyone he came in contact with. So it is a mistake to relativize Prabhupada's position or think that he was just one among many devotees. He is the founder Acharya of Iskon, means that throughout the generations to come, Prabhupada, he is the, uh, his instructions are the basis of this movement. Because when we speak of Prabhupada's mercy and compassion, that is, uh, that is expressed in his instructions. This is a feelings festival, so we are remembering the kindness of Srila Prabhupada. But those feelings and our receiving his kindness, his divine grace, can never be divorced from his instructions. They are not two separate entities. In other words, it is meaningless to say, I love Prabhupada and not follow his instructions. We shouldn't Jesus eyes Krishna. Prabhupada criticized while, while giving all uh, praise to Lord Jesus Christ. He criticized Christians for putting the name of Christ and saying we believe in him while flouting all his instructions. Now this is a very big topic which I don't have time to get into now. You all want to know Srila Prabhupada? Prabhupada said if you want to know me read my books. Prabhupada is present forever in his divine instructions, especially as enshrined in his books, and the follower lives with him. We can always live with Srila Prabhupada if we follow his instructions. So even Ananda Dev can't reach the end of Prabhupada's glories. So what shall we say? Still it is our duty to try with our 